Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Abby, it is a joy to have you on the radio show today. Is this your is this your second time? Second time. That's okay. right. I recorded with Ryan my first time. Oh, goodness. That was, was that, a fun one. Was that a fun one? Okay. It was. I'm sure you kept it lively. For... Absolutely. Okay, as always. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome. This is, this is our first time together That's in the studio right. recording this. And we're actually recording this on Valentine's Day, on Wednesday. Yep. Wow! Very exciting. Okay. Do you um do you and Cody celebrate Valentine's Day, or what does that look like for you guys? We are not major holiday planners. Okay. However, we decided um to go to Waffle House yesterday to celebrate Valentine's Day. Two okay. all-star specials with the waffles. Wow! Um, very romantic. Pretty much, yeah. Very <laughs> romantic. He did get me flowers. Aww. You know, we kind of like to do things a day early to avoid the crowds. How about you and Haley? Kind of quiet. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So we, um, so tonight on Valentine's Day, we actually our church has a Ash Wednesday service. It's actually the first uh, Ash Wednesday service we'll have. So it's it's a little a little different. We're learning yeah. about that, but we're excited about that tonight. But we have dinner reservations tomorrow. So Ooh. kind of the flip of going before is one day yeah. after. Every place is open and, and nothing's right. booked. So that's great. We'll, idea. Um, we'll be going to Aiken tomorrow. So, but yeah, we're uh, we're excited, excited for that. It's been been a good week. And the Super Bowl was was on Sunday this past week. It was. Did you watch any? Did you? <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not a huge football gal. That's okay. But okay. I did have it on, okay. and I may have had a book in my hand okay. when it was on. Did you do you like the commercials during the Super Bowl? Is yes, that... they're they're great. You okay. know, I do think that they were kind of showing those commercials on social media mm, in advance, okay. so I kind of got some sneak previews of some of them. But yeah, yeah, that's they're pretty good. funny. Yeah, I'll be honest. You know, I'm not a huge football fan either. Do like college football, but the Super Bowl is a it's a special time. But definitely the commercials. That's a, that's always a fun, that's right. <laughs> fun, interesting time. So, but anyways, we're uh, we're glad to have you on the show with us this morning, Abby. It's going to be a good show, and for all of you who are listening, glad you are here today. Uh, we do have an interesting show lined up. We're going to start um, with the first article. And this comes from Kiplinger, and it's five common retirement fears and how to overcome them, right? Mm -hmm. So we're financial planners and we deal a lot with financial planning for retirement. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of fears that that come with this big stage in someone's life. So we're going to talk through some of those and then also how to overcome them. Yeah, that's a that's a great topic. You know, a lot of people have been working their whole lives and they are getting to that time and they're like, I have no idea what to do. Right. You know, so this is going to be a really good topic to discuss. Um, we're also going to talk about long-term care insurance. What is it and do I need it? Um, mm. This is a hot topic for a lot of baby boomers. So I'm really excited to discuss this today as well. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So first, we're going to start off, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yes, that's right. So the financial fact of the week is about 23% of Americans claim Social Security at age 62, compared to 27% at age 66, the full retirement age and the most popular age to claim. 9% um, claim it at age 70, and age 63 is the least popular age to claim with only 6% of people claiming. Yeah, so it's kind of a full, full gamut there. Um, I do think it really depends um, on, you know, 
whether you have a spouse, mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what your future looks like. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into claiming social security and when to do that. Yeah, that's right. And, and so it's a really interesting fact that, you know, there is about a quarter of the people who claim at the earliest age. And, and this can make sense if you need mm -hmm. the money and you're not working and mm -hmm. maybe your retirement investments, you want to leave alone for a couple of years um, or touch less then then claiming early can work. And it can also make sense to delay. Right. Like you're saying, Abby, there's a lot of different factors in there, but currently you can claim from age 62, and then that increases about 8% every year mm -hmm. you wait up until age 70. Um, so yeah, definitely there's a lot of factors in there, um, but thinking through that is important. Absolutely. Um, by the way, Abby, I did not introduce ourselves. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Matthew Travis, and I'm a certified financial planner and have been here at the firm for about six years now. And I'm Abby Gibson. I'm a registered financial advisor here at RYA, and I've been here since last August. Last so August. Working on that CFP. That's right. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But again, we're glad to have you here. And with that, we are going to start with that first article, um, again, from Kiplinger. And, and this is these are the five common, most common retirement fears and how to overcome them. And um, yeah, and, and so thinking through retirement, uh, maybe there's uncertainty about what, what could come next. And if you're in that boat, <clears throat> recognizing that you're not alone, there's a lot of people who feel this way as well. Proactive planning can help ensure your path to a happy retirement. Um, and, and, you know, if, if we believe everything we, we read or hear mm -hmm. in magazines and TV ads, maybe you're tempted to believe that retirement is just a time of leisure, leisurely bike rides with your spouse or lunching with friends and exploring hobbies um, that you might enjoy. Um, maybe maybe it's just everything's rosy and cheery. Um, but the realist among us might realize, might rightly have their doubts, suspecting that behind these uh, maybe idyllic mm -hmm. images, there could be boredom, financial worry, or even depression. Our experience with clients nearing retirement um, can confirm this suspicion, Abby. While, mm -hmm. while many are eager to leave the nine to five job behind, um, they're uncertain about what comes next. And so for better or worse, Work um, can shape our lives, prompting us to wake up every morning, make ourselves presentable or get along with people. It's also a source of income and for many, a means of accessing um, uh, health insurance, right. right? And health insurance can be very expensive. Mm -hmm. And once that structure vanishes, the responsibility um, falls on you to recreate it for yourself. And so no wonder fears come in for a lot of people. And it, it's also something that most people, it's a first time experiencing this. Right. And so, you know, it can be very nerve wracking. And so, so here are five common retirement fears and how to overcome them. Great. Yeah. Um, so the first fear is battling boredom. Um, I hear this one a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when people have been working for 40 years, you know, it's like, what do I do with my days? Mm -hmm. So it's the biggest concern. One of the biggest concerns we hear from clients, um, especially for people who have had successful careers and a big part of their identities are derived from that. Um, so often these clients are thinking only about what they'll be retiring from and not what they'll be retiring to. Mm. For retirement to be successful, it's important to know how you'll spend your time. And a lot of times that, you know, people tend to be vague with that. Uh, like, I want to relax or, you know, golf more, right? We all want to <laughs> improve our golf games. <laughs> Unfortunately, some of the times that's not possible. <laughs> um, but you need more concrete plans than that that can have you interacting with other people and make you feel valuable. And um, so 
giving yourself really defined goals like playing pickleball three times a week or um, meeting up with friends for coffee twice Mm. a week. You know, these are specific plans that are going to keep your mind and body active and create that community you're going to need that you may have once had at your office. So think of retirement as an opportunity to explore, you know, considering passions and interests that maybe you put on hold before because you just didn't have the time. Mm. So if you've got math and science chops, you know, maybe consider volunteering as an advisor for your local high school robotics team. Or if you're an avid baker, consider getting a part-time job at a bakery. You know, there's a lot of possibilities that you can do in retirement that's going to motivate you to jump out of bed every morning and find meaning in every day. Yeah, that's great. And we do have clients who regret retirement, which is a strange thing to say, but you can get into retirement and think, who am I? And Mm -hmm. and, and that honestly is an an encouragement for those who are working to really find an identity outside of work, Right. right? Because work is... Uh, is good, but ultimately it can't give us our identity. It can't mm-hmm. gi- it can't give us meaning um, in why we live because, like retirement can show, it can be taken away. And then mm-hmm. the question is, who am I? Is is pertinent? So if you're working or if you're not working, um, you know, thinking through what's going to come after is important. Fear number two would be running out of money with today's higher life expectancies and continually increasing healthcare costs. The fear of outliving one's savings is common. And this can prompt retirees to be extra cautious about their spending, preventing them from truly enjoying retirement. Address this fear head on with planning. And, and right, that's what we do. A financial planner can help create uh, portfolio strategies and retirement plans to shore up your savings. And this can be through diversifying your investments, mm-hmm. making sure you have the proper allocations in there, um, and even the amount of bonds versus equities, making sure those are on track with your risk tolerance mm-hmm. and also your time horizon of, of how long you expect to use the funds and how much you want left over for your heirs. Um, also incorporating, you know, if you have a pension or if you have social security or if you have other rental income or sources of income, you know, if you have a plan, Abby, we see that a lot of clients have a lot of peace when they understand the plan right. and agree with the plan because Without a plan, it you know, quite frankly, it could be very scary because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't you don't have any assumptions built in, um, yeah. in, in into that. Yeah, no one um, no one likes seeing the accounts you know taking money out of your accounts as opposed to adding it. You're so used to contributing for retirement, and right. then once you hit retirement, it's like yeah, this is going do? the wrong way. That's I, right. I'm not yeah. used to this, and this used to be a bad thing. But mm. you know, that's so. That's why it's so important to meet with financial planners. Is hey, we want to put that plan together for you, so you can feel really confident with what you're withdrawing, and that you're not going to be running out of money. Mm. You're it's actually potentially going to be growing, and you're going to leave something for your family um, in your state as well. Yeah, that's so right. that's right. Um, so the third fear people face is navigating health insurance. This one's a big one mm. um, that we see all the time. So if you're retiring before age 65, you're going to have to figure out how to get health insurance coverage before Medicare kicks in. Um, you know, we have a lot of early retirees here and that's something we plan with them. So transitioning from employer-provided health coverage to Medicare It also requires careful planning. Um, Medicare is complicated, as you may or may not know, Mm -hmm. and has many options and different coverage levels. So it's really easy to get overwhelmed and worry that you're not going to make that best choice for yourself. So first, you need to educate yourself about Medicare so you can learn some of the basics on how it works and what it costs. 
So um, in general, Medicare Part A provides coverage for inpatient hospital care. Um, and to get coverage for doctor's visits and outpatient care, you're going to need Medicare Part B. Um, you can also buy supplemental plans called Medigap coverage. And, you know, for prescription coverage, you're also going to need Medicare Part D. So contacting an expert in this arena can be really priceless as it can be very confusing um, if you've never really gone into that medical insurance post-work. Um, you know, something that we see a lot of times is people are going to get Medicare Part A, B, D, and with that supplement. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's a big one that you're going to want to consider. Yeah, that's good. This <clears throat> this fourth fear, and Abby, you mentioned it earlier, but it's transitioning from savings to income. Mm -hmm. The shift from accumulating savings to generating a steady stream of income can be intimidating for many retirees. And I would say for most people who have been good savers, it isn't hard to spend. Mm -hmm. You know, pay careful attention to timing. A bear market in the first few years of your, your retirement can impact how long your money will last um, because of a financial concept known as sequence of returns risk. Poor investment returns early on in retirement when you're beginning to make withdrawals can deplete your portfolio faster if you're taking money uh, than if you're taking money when your balance is up. And so, you know, really the key takeaway with this point um, is, is to understand that you have been saving for a certain amount of time and you have been saving for this moment where you, you're then able to spend it. Right. And, and the key with the bear market early on or thinking through, okay, well, well what happens if the markets are down right when I retire? Mm -hmm. You know, the answer to that, Abby, is to have a good plan. Yep. And it's, it's to have a plan that incorporates down years to say, hey, you know, if you retire at age 60, we, we typically have, you know, eight to 10 negative years built into plans. Mm -hmm. And if that's your first year, it's part of the plan. And, and nothing really changes typically, even if we were to rerun the plan with a down balance that first year. So, you know, really having that plan in place that takes advantages of the markets when they're up and also when they're down is, is really key with, with, this, with this new transition. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's something, you know, we run those Monte Carlo simulations. Um, we like to make sure that we have a 90% chance of success, mm -hmm. you know, with our income plans for, you know, our retirees. Um, so, you know, working with your financial advisor just to make sure that you are accounting for those down years and that your portfolio is built for those down years um, is really important. Um, so fear number five is managing new family dynamics. <laughs> so for some, the idea of spending more time with your spouse in retirement may create some anxiety because um, in all your years of marriage, you've probably never spent 24-7 together except for vacations and holidays. So being around the same person all the time is going to require an adjustment for sure. The key is open communication about how this is going to go. Um, it doesn't have to be adversarial or confrontational. I mean, this is something everyone's going to face, right? So explain to your spouse that, you know, you're nervous about how retirement's going to impact your relationship because spending so much more time together is going to be a new thing for both of you. You might have a list of some activities you'll want to do together, but also it's really important to have some space to foster your own interests and friendships as well. Yeah, that's that's right. And, and, and <clears throat> that's the end of the article. It's a good article um, to even get you thinking if you're younger and you're not uh, at the point of retirement, you know, thinking through some of these challenges that you might experience if you're working towards retirement. We would also encourage you, and this is maybe a softer point, um, but, you know, retirement, our view of retirement, and it says it in, in this article, it's not that you, just, you stop working. 
um, entirely, right? We were designed to work. We were created to mm-hmm. work. And, and that is our thought even in retirement. Right. And, and maybe you're not looking for your job to your job for income. And maybe that's, you know, where you're able to retire from your nine to five job you've had for so long. But putting your hand towards something that is meaningful and mm-hmm. purposeful is so important, whether that's volunteering or maybe it is a part-time job or maybe it's, you know, some, some, some work that you can do that, um, that is meaningful and purposeful. Mm-hmm. We, we see that people who just want leisure or pleasure um, is it, typically harder for them. So that would be another encouragement is just making sure you embrace this new season of life that is different from working the last 40 years, but it is nonetheless still striving after that, which is good mm-hmm. for those around you. Absolutely. Yeah. So great article. If you have any questions on that, please feel free to ask us. We'd love to talk more about that with you. But um, next, we will jump into the question of the week. That's right. All righty. So, Matthew, what's the difference between realized and unrealized gains and losses? Great question. And, and we have this a lot throughout the year, but especially during tax time. And so realized gains are those that have been actualized by selling an existing position uh, for more or less than it was paid if it's a gain or loss. An unrealized gain or loss is one that has not yet been realized. Mm-hmm. And so again, realized gains are that which hit your tax returns. And if it's in a taxable account, then you will receive you know, a, a, distri- you know, a distribution that you have to pay taxes on. Mm-hmm. If it's in an IRA, um, it, not so much because it's shielded, but it's nonetheless realized gains are those that occur because something was bought or sold mm-hmm. and unrealized gain or loss um, is still truly a gain or loss. It, it just has not, um, you, you've not, um, I guess, finalized it or, or bought or sold it to, to, to hold that gain or loss, but it's still truly there. And, and so that's a good, it's a good distinction, mm-hmm. especially around tax time when you're receiving 1099s right. and, and that, that kind of thing. But yeah. yeah. And yeah, definitely. If you have any questions on those 1099s about, you know, realized gains, maybe you had a rollover or, um, you know, are using a 60 day rollover rule and it's showing up as taxable, come see us. We're happy to walk you through that. Yeah, that's right. And it's a great question of the week. And next we're going to move into our second and last topic, um, which is uh, navigating long-term care insurance and, and understanding the cost and timing of, of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with baby boomers celebrating birthdays between 60 and 79 this year, you know, we've received a lot of questions regarding whether long-term care insurance is needed. Um, so long-term ter- care insurance, also known as LTC insurance, shorten that for mm-hmm. later reference here, um, it's going to offer important financial protection for individuals who may require extended care in their later years. Um, however, navigating the complexities of long-term care insurance requires careful consideration of costs, um, you know, timing, and your individual circumstances. Um, so today we're going to explore the factors influencing long-term care insurance costs, the pros and cons of waiting versus purchasing earlier, um, the cost of long-term care without insurance, and factors that may make it more sensible to self-fund rather than purchasing an LTC policy. Mm, that's good. Yeah, the long-term, the cost of long-term care, it, it can vary depending on a number of factors such as age, health status, coverage level, and the insurance provider. According to research from NerdWallet, uh, long-term care po- premiums can range from around 2000 to 10000 per year. 
uh, with premiums typically increasing with age. Additionally, individuals with pre-existing health conditions may face even higher premiums or may be denied coverage altogether. Most providers offer inflation protection options, which results in paying more, but may be extremely important uh, depending on how early you purchase the insurance. Considering the average annual inflation rate has been around 2.5% over the last 30 years. So just, just a number of different factors that would increase you know, mm-hmm. these premiums for different people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So premiums can be expensive, right? But you kind of kind of have to weigh how much it's going to cost without that insurance, which we'll discuss later. Um, but some pros and cons of waiting versus purchasing earlier. So waiting to purchase long-term care insurance can result in higher premiums as you age, but it's also going to allow um, for a delayed financial commitment which may result in cost savings. So purchasing earlier locks in those lower premiums, but it's going to require a longer premium payment period and may leave you vulnerable to health changes. Um, Also keep in mind that the state may allow your long-term provider the ability to increase your premium, resulting in a need to potentially reduce your coverage as well. Um, So it's really important to run the numbers with your financial advisor and consider your family's medical history as well to decide when and if um, long-term care insurance is should be purchased for you. Yeah, and we get these letters all the time from clients. We just had one this week, and um, gentleman had a letter saying, "Hey, you can either increase the premium mm-hmm. and keep coverage, or you can de- you can keep the same premium and decrease coverage." Right. Um, and and it's really just it's it's a conversation through, like you're saying, Abby, a lot of different factors. Right. You know, a, a potential cost of um, you know, long-term care without insurance is crucial as well. Mm-hmm. And so the average cost of a private room in a nursing home was over 100000 in 2020. Um, without long-term care insurance or other financial protection, individuals may need to rely on personal savings or even Medicaid, uh, which can deplete assets and impact financial security. So the cost can be very high for mm-hmm. long-term care And so, you know, we like to say long-term care insurance is not necessarily for everyone, Mm -hmm. but long-term care planning is for everyone. And that means even if you don't have long-term care insurance, planning and saying, hey, if I do need long-term care, what is the plan for that? Absolutely. You know, um, and for those Gen X kids or millennials, you know, this is something you need to think about for your parents. You know, if they're baby boomers and they're starting to hit their 60s, Um, you know, this is, you need to consider if you're going to have to be helping them and, you know, in their elder years when they're in their 80s and maybe they're going to need to be in a nursing home or they're going to need to have at-home care, you know, how, is that something they're going to be able to cover by themselves or are you going to have to help with that? You know, maybe you're going to need that long-term care insurance. These are just things that you're going to want to consider even if you're not currently, you know, a baby boomer mm. or you're younger, you're going to have family that's going to be impacted by this. Mm. So it's, I think that's it's good. really important for all ages to consider. Um, so another aspect of that is, hey, you know, it, maybe self-funding is going to be the way to go. Well, there's uh, while long-term care insurance provides financial protection, there are going to be situations where self-funding mm. may be much more sensible. Right. Um, So there are a few factors to this. First is if you have strong financial resources. So if you have substantial assets or retirement savings, you may have the financial means to self-fund long-term care expenses without depleting your assets significantly. As an example, if you have a million dollars that can be set aside strictly for long-term care for yourself, 
you know, insurance may not, it probably wouldn't make sense for you. Right. right. Um, another aspect is Medicaid eligibility. You know, some individuals may prefer to self-fund until they meet Medicaid eligibility requirements. Um, you know, as Medicaid can cover long-term care costs for those with very limited um, financial resources. So it's important to understand the Medicaid requirements in your specific state, as well as the resources available in your area that accept Medicaid before making this decision, because um, it does vary by state. So don't bank on Medicaid, you know, getting you into a really good home or giving you that care you need before you do your research. Um, next is going to be health status. So if you're in really good health and you have a family history of longevity, you may be less likely to require long-term care, um, making that insurance less necessary for you. Um, and then finally, personal preferences. You know, some individuals may just prefer to retain control over their assets and finances rather than um, paying those long-term care premiums. Maybe you want to put that aside into an investment account and have that set aside later. Yeah, that's good. So I guess, Abby, just to summarize, you know, deciding whether to purchase long-term care insurance or self-fund long-term care expenses, um, it requires careful consideration of your individual circumstances, including age, health status, financial resources, and personal preferences. Um, consulting with a financial planner or a long-term care specialist can provide valuable guidance in evaluating your options and making an informed decision that aligns with your long-term care needs and financial goals. Also, the benefit of meeting with someone else tends to be um, it, it's less emotionally mm -hmm. driven. And, and, and we do love our clients. And, and quite frankly, we care a lot about our clients. And also, we are able to say, hey, for the majority of people, this is what is wise versus mm -hmm. saying, hey, for my mom, what is wise? Because th that decision tends to be a lot harder because mm -hmm. you're in the moment and you're in the decision versus having an outside perspective. So, you know, asking for help and, and, and having advisors on your team um, can just be invaluable with, with these big decisions. Absolutely. So, yep. Great article. Great article. So, again, if you have any questions with that, please ask us and um, we'd be happy to, to go from there. So, um, to wrap up, Abby, the show, it's been a great show. Yeah. Um, but we're going to end with the prescription of the week. That's right. Um, so Steve gave us a great prescription of the week. Um, and this is going to cover, you know, just not getting too anxious to file your taxes early. So if you're like me and you're a type A personality, you're going to be wanting to jump the gun, get it done and not have to worry about it <laughs> anymore um, and, and go ahead and get that refund process. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, something to consider is you're really going to want to take your time uh, getting these taxes filed because, you know, you've got to get all your 1099s in. There's a lot of things that need to be mailed to you and they can make changes to yeah. your 1099s. Um, so you're really going to want to give it some time to make sure everything's in so you can get it done right the first time. Um, also, just as a note that's mentioned is, you know, if you're an, a client with us, you know, you're going to be getting a TD Ameritrade and a Schwab statement right. for each of your accounts. So make sure you get those in. Those are still taking some time. So don't worry if you don't have them yet. They're still being delivered. So don't stress on that as well. Yeah, great prescription of the week. And, and yeah, with tax time, you know, it can be, you can feel frantic to get things right. done. But like you said, you, you have until mid-April. So you have time and, right. and, 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 and that will work well. So that's a great prescription of the week. Well, this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check out our website, MoneyMD.net. 
and send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of the week. only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.